Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Wednesday, May the 3rd. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're starting today with news. A Kent MP insists security forces are prepared for the challenge of the coronation after a man was arrested outside Buckingham Palace. He's thought to have thrown shotgun cartridges into the grounds. Police aren't treating it as terror-related but are believed to be linking it to a mental health incident. While Security Minister and Tunbridge and Morling MP Tom Tugendhat has praised the way officers dealt with the incident ahead of this weekend's celebrations. We've spent quite literally months planning it and I'm very glad to see that the police reacted incredibly quickly, incredibly professionally to the incident last night. We're in no way complacent uh, and I'm very, very proud of the response that uh, the police have done. The intelligence services, the police and others have been working on this extremely effectively for months. He also says it's a complex operation to make sure everyone stays safe over the bank holiday weekend, although he wouldn't tell us how much it's all costing. It's very difficult to pull that out as a separate figure for the simple reason that we've got an enormous amount of uh, effort going in uh, for a major incident like this in different parts of the country. Uh, because there's people getting together in streets, there's people getting together in gatherings across the country, which because this is a moment of national celebration. What I think is worth looking at, though, is how much this is bringing to the country. If you look at the number of tourists who are coming, the number of the amount of attention that's coming, and indeed, I hope, the amount of business that will be generated by heads of state and government and other business people coming to uh, the United Kingdom at this time to see what we offer and this is a fantastic moment to showcase the United Kingdom to the world. And we'll have plenty more as we look ahead to the coronation a little bit later on in the episode. Kent Online News. Some crime news now and a Kent prison officer has been cleared of deliberately allowing inmates to attack and rob another prisoner. The victim was left with a broken jaw after being assaulted in his cell at HMP Swaleside. 37-year-old Alexandru Dopp has been found not guilty of misconduct in a public office. The two men who carried out the attack were convicted and will be sentenced at a later date. A man's gone on trial accused of attempted murder following an attack at a pub in Mepham. The jury's heard how two men went into the Cricketers Inn armed with knives and a shovel last November. The landlord suffered serious injuries and killed one of the attackers in self-defence. Miguel Batista, who's known as Alex and doesn't have a permanent address, denies the charge and the trial continues. Two brothers from Rochester have been sentenced for selling fake designer trainers, shoes and boots at their market stall. More than a thousand items were seized in East Sussex in October 2021. 57-year-old Sukhdeev Singh from City Way has been given a suspended sentence. Hardeev Singh, who's 54 and from Maidstone Road, will have to serve a community order. Now, the dad of a sitting-born teenager who took their own life after taking a controversial acne drug says warnings about it don't go far enough. Melvin Silcock thinks Roaccutane should be banned completely but a report's concluded the benefits still outweigh the risks. Doctors, however, have been told to fully discuss the risks it poses to patients' mental health. Dr Julian Spinks is a GP in Medway. He's been speaking to Lucy. Rarcutane, or to give it its proper name, isotretinoin, is a treatment taken by mouth for acne. It's only used in moderate to severe acne. And in fact, GPs like myself are not supposed to initiate it. It's done through a specialist. Um, and it is effective at treating uh, moderate and severe acne, but it's been under a cloud for about 20 years because of some people associating suicide thoughts and some suicides to the drug. 
although that's never been proven, we do take precautions because of it. What's this new warning that's coming into force then and, and how is that going to affect people who may be taking it already? Well, they really should be warned, uh, even if they were taking it already, they should have been warned already that there is this possible uh, risk. Um, and you know, the advice is that it's only really used for severe cases and there should be screening to make sure that people who've had previous mental health problems really shouldn't be taking it. And when people are taking it, that there's regular checks to make sure that they are not becoming depressed or suicidal. And do you think that's happening all the time? Do you, or do you think maybe there isn't quite that awareness of, of the side effects that this could be having? It's very difficult to know uh, who is aware or not aware. And remember, these are people who are often quite desperate because of the acne scarring them and making them feel bad. And that's why it's been difficult to tell whether the drug is causing suicidal thoughts, because we know people with severe acne are more likely to attempt suicide already. Um, but we do need to make sure, like any treatment we give, we must always tell people the potential negatives, warn them. And I think in the case of teenagers and young adults, perhaps warning their family and their friends as well to keep an eye out for uh, any changes that are concerning and uh, say to them that they need to contact and get help, not wait for the next review, which could be months away. Yeah, and if we could just talk a little bit about this case of James from, from Sittingbourne, you know, he's a young man who took, took this treatment um, and then sadly took his own life. I mean, how devastating must that be for his family? And he even mentioned the drug in his, in his notes as well. It must be totally devastating. Uh, to lose a child is bad at any time. Um, but when you get something like suicide, it feels that much worse. Inevitably, people start to think, you know, should I have done more and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, the fact he's mentioned this drug does suggest that he had some sort of change in his mental state after starting the drug. Um, and so there is a possibility the drug caused this or something else caused it and it was coincidental. However, you know, if someone writes and says, I start a drug and it made me feel bad, then you've got to say that's a more likely explanation. Yeah, and I know his dad in particular has been sort of campaigning to, to get more awareness of this drug and, and the effects it can have. Is that something that, you know, is quite common, do you think, for, for other people who've maybe suffered from it as well? Uh, the, the suggestion is that the risk of suicide whilst taking the drug is about one in 10,000 people using it. So it is quite low, but it is definitely something that we are warned about as professionals to, to keep an eye on and we should pass on to patients. What concerns me is that um, there are sites advertising this drug that can be bought over the internet, um, suggesting without a prescription, and that really worries me because that means that there is a risk that uh, people will carry those, those risks of, kind of suicide and feeling suicidal without having the warnings that uh, a doctor would actually Tell you. Kent Online reports. A doorman's admitted drug driving after being pulled over by police in Rochester. The 23-year-old was found to have cannabis in his system on his way to work last December. He's been banned from the roads and ordered to pay more than £250. This is one of our most read stories on the website today. An Ashford mum says it's lucky her children weren't killed when her washing machine exploded. Jade Jens Bishop was in the garden with her family when she heard a loud bang from the kitchen 
broken and saw glass flying everywhere. She's trying to get the machine replaced, but the insurance company are only offering to repair the door. You can head to Kent Online today to see pictures. There are already calls for a new one-way system in Maidstone to be scrapped just a week after it was put in place. There was gridlock over the weekend near the Lock Meadow Entertainment Centre and McDonald's. The County Council are asking drivers for feedback with a consultation running until August. Next, and people in Ashford say ripping up cobblestones in the town centre and replacing them with tarmac has not improved safety. Now, the cobbles in Lower High Street were first laid back in 1999 but have now been replaced in a bid to make the area safer for shoppers on mobility scooters and in wheelchairs. Well, we've been getting reaction to that work first. Let's hear from Jeff Matthews, who's a local business owner. Since the tarmacking has been completed, this has become very much an attractive area for skateboarders and people on electric uh, scooters that whiz through here at uh, quite breathtaking speeds. Um, there's also some areas which uh, need further attention. There are also other issues to do with the um, paving slabs and areas which haven't been addressed um, because Kent or at Kent Highways seem to be only concerned with this area and not the uh, areas that lead up or the, the block paving or the paving slabs. So my feeling is that this is a job half done. It cost a lot of money to uh, put down these, um, uh, these granite blocks. We don't know where they've gone. Have they gone to a landfill site? What we do know is that Ashworth has lost what I consider and what many businesses feel is um, a, an attractive area that had some uh, attractive surfaces which were working together well and now what we've got is uh, a partially finished tarmac surface which um, to me is a, a temporary issue and really I, we sh they should have had more time spent on the maintenance of the uh, granite blocks and then the features which could have been retained. We've also been speaking to Vernon Seeger, who's a resident in the town. Collectively, we raised objections to KCT Highways about ripping up the cobbles, and we put six very um, clear points as to why we think um, the cobbles should stay, but they were all completely ignored, and um, when we were told, basically, that they'd right to go ahead and just um, do what they felt was best to improve the town, um, but um, the, uh, I think the result of it is, is and especially those that live and work in the town here, had really major concerns over the visual impact of the, uh, what Tarmac would do. And I think now it's all done and um, we can see the effect of it. I think probably there was some justification in those concerns. Um, I think introducing black tarmac and concrete into the high street now does sits really badly. I think it clashes really badly with a lot of the architecture around here. Um, so um, I think there was some justification in those um, in those original concerns. Um, I think the other thing as well, I strolled through here yesterday and sort of first impressions count and um, it started to look to me now that some of the old existing paving around here on the sidewalks here and they all start to look a little bit shabby compared to all this lovely modern spick and span tarmac that we got here so um um it's a nevertheless i mean um from a practical aspect point of view obviously i think it's done what it's intended and uh, so uh, i think now um we'll all have to come to learn to live with it
Do you think it's a shame that the cobbles have gone because they were such a significant part? Of oh, most definitely. The, um, I mean, obviously the plan right back into the 70s when they were put in was to try and give the town a feel, like a market town feel. I should imagine if you go back in history, long before there was a tarmac road here, there probably was cobbles when it was a, an old market area in the town. So I think there was, um, and, and to some extent it, it did have that effect. I think the big problem we suffered from was that um, it was a complete bodge up right from the start. It was never really done properly and I think we've struggled with it ever since. So, neither of them are particularly impressed. You can let us know what you think today by heading to the story and leaving a comment or, in fact, commenting on our socials. This work has cost £600,000 and has included upgrades to the shared space area on the Ring Road as well. well the County Council have sent us a statement. This is what it says. The work completed so far within our Ashford shared space and Lower High Street refresh means the town centre is now more resistant to damage in the future and more accessible. As with any project, we are aware of snagging items such as missing the broken bollards and we plan to complete these finishing touches in due course. This will be completed alongside the ongoing work to the pavement. The new concrete drainage channels are the same depth as the previously used granite ones they have replaced. Kent Online reports. A takeaway shop in Dover has been given a one-star food hygiene rating after inspectors found it to be dirty and storing food incorrectly. Surfaces at Gurkha Delight on London Road were found to be sticky and shelving was greasy. Raw mince was also being stored next to cheese. There was also no soap or anti-back on the site. While some improvements have already been made, officials say the owners have plenty of work to do to bring it up to scratch. It's the last day of campaigning before tomorrow's local elections in Kent. It comes as a poll suggests more than half of people expect the Conservatives to lose seats across England. There are also concerns about new rules requiring anyone who turns up at a polling station to bring photo ID. Some think it will put people off voting or lead to arguments. A new dessert shop has opened in a phone box outside the UK's biggest Weatherspoon pub in Ramsgate. The boss of a local burger company is converting it to sell donuts, popcorn and ice cream we're told is due to launch this weekend. Kent Online News. We're going to continue our countdown to the coronation now and the Archbishop of Canterbury says he's not having any sleepless nights ahead of the event. It'll be his job to crown King Charles and Queen Camilla in Westminster Abbey on Saturday. Well, Justin Welby says he won't be the centre of attention and he's been speaking to Skies and Abossi. My mood is, first of all, it's not principally about me. It's about the King and it's a service. It's a Christian service. It's about God. Um, I'm very conscious of, of what a huge privilege it is to do it. And we've been doing lots of rehearsals since February and, you know, it's slowly coming together. Are there any small parts that are keeping you awake at night that, that you'll be glad when it's over? No, I, um, uh, if I have a superpower, which most people, including my family, would say I don't, it's that I can fall asleep at almost any moment without notice and remain asleep. So, no, nothing's keeping me awake. Um, during the day, I am spending a lot of time uh, obviously thinking through what we're doing and how we're doing it, uh, working with others. It's been enormously collaborative. We've been working with the palace, with the government, with you know, all kinds of different groups. And it's just been really enjoyable with the Abbey, um, lots of laughter, lots of fun and very serious, thoughtful work. I know you've been helping the King prepare as well. In your meetings with him, do you sense 
Any, any apprehension from him? Well, they're obviously confidential meetings, but I mean, there's nothing, he's very easy to work with. He is really kind, he pays great attention. He thinks very deeply about these things. You can see his Christian faith comes through the whole time. And um, it's been really fun. But people have a genuine question about the coronation. Why do we need it? Why do we bother? He's already king. We need it legally because he's got to take certain oaths, which are always taken at a coronation, going back to 973, uh, of various forms. But the present lot are set in principally set by Acts of Parliament in the 1680s and early 1700s. And, um, but it is also a moment that says, we're going to draw on our tradition, we're going to reflect the country as it is now, and we're gonna look forward with hope and draw people together. And the, the point of the coronation, why do we need a coronation? We need a coronation to celebrate all we have been, all we are, and all we will be. The Bishop of Dover has also been given a role during the service. She'll be presenting the Queen Consort's Rod. Elsewhere, an exhibition of coronation artwork by primary school children has gone on display at Blue Water. Pupils were asked to create portraits of the King and 40 winning entries have been put on show at the shopping centre. You can see them until May the 12th in the Lower Rose Gallery. Now, with only a few days until the coronation, we've been hearing how other school children in Kent and marking the occasion. Staff at Bodsham Primary near Ashford have been organising special lessons and an assembly to teach pupils about the significance of the event. Executive head teacher Paul Newton is hoping it all sinks in on the big day. He's been chatting to Louis. Well, we've been thinking about it um, for a little while, actually, because um, quite aware that the children won't have experienced a coronation before. Um, having said that, I don't think many of us have actually <laughs> experienced a coronation before. Um, so we've been using stories to help the children understand what's happening um, so that they've got a really good idea of how important what's going to happen next weekend is going to be for the whole country. Um, and we've given them um, some idea of how it fits into history. So children learn about kings and queens in history. And this is a really unique opportunity for them to actually see a new king taking up his crown. So we've been doing that for a little while now so that they hopefully understand that it's a really significant event that's that's happening across the whole country. And so when it comes to the actual coronation, uh, what sort of events uh, will the primary school be having? Lots of special lessons about um, royalty and activities that will help the children get into the, the spirit of the thing. We're going to have a special assembly just to start the week off so that um, children can join in with something that probably other children across the whole country will be doing because um because we're a church school we get some really useful ideas from from the church of england and they will help us to put that into the context of what's happening in terms of the the religious element of that ceremony and then um on our last day before we break up for our fantastic long bank holiday coronation weekend um we're going to have uh, a special coronation lunch which um, I think we've thought about what's the most traditional lunch that we could have, and it's going to be fish and chips, which is brilliant, followed by strawberries and cream, which is a really good um, British meal to get the children to remember our heritage like that. Um, and then later on in the afternoon, um, we're going to have a special coronation picnic tea party with their mums and dads, so they'll all come in, there'll be bunting and music, 
Um, children will be invited to come in wearing red, white and blue instead of school uniform on the day. So um, we'll look like the flag, uh, which will be interesting. And um, there's going to be a performance of the national anthem for mums and dads. I think it's really good for children to learn that. And obviously getting them to sing God Save the King is going to be important for all of us now to remember to do that. Um, and we'll finish with a parade. So we're going to have all the children are going to make their own special crown and we're going to parade around the school grounds. Um, so we'll finish the day as a real celebration. So it will feel like a really special day. Um, because obviously, I think when you think about um, people who remember the Queen's coronation in 1953, a little bit before my time, but when you, you listen to people talking about that, even when they were little, they can still remember it, can't they? They can remember that that was a really special day. Lots of them saw television for the first time ever on that day. Um, so what we want to try and do here at Bodstrom is make that day memorable so the children, when they grow up, look back and say, I can remember the King's coronation. This is what we did. And so being at a, a slightly smaller uh, primary school how important are events like this to your maybe your wider school community yeah I mean that's really important to a small school one of the real lovely things about working at a place like Bodsham is we've only got around 80 children so you know that's a that's a small number of families everybody knows each other so we know that if we have an event like a, a tea party we know it's going to be well attended there's going to be Almost everybody will be able to come um, and the children will know each other and the families will know each other and it'll feel like a street party. So we'll feel like we are a community all together celebrating it um, because we are rural, because we're out in the middle of nowhere. at Bodsham, um, People come from lots of different places to get to us. They, they come here because we're little and because we're you know fairly unique little school. So they're not united as a kind of community by geography. They're united by wanting to be together in a little Place like this so it's important to have these big events where we can all, all celebrate with mums and dads as well and finally there'll be a lasting legacy to the king's coronation for the people of kent with the country's biggest coastal path being renamed in his honor the england coastal path is a 2700 mile long trail around the whole of the english coast taking in some of kent's scenic views it'll be renamed the king charles iii england coastal path and will be fully walkable by the end of next year kent online sports football and big crowds expected at priestfield tonight for the kent Senior Cup final. Around 2,000 tickets have already been sold for the game between Chatham Town and Margate. The competition was set up more than 130 years ago and kickoff is at 7.45. We'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM tomorrow morning. And tennis star Tim Hemman has been in Kent today. He's been visiting Dover College and Hythe Lawn Tennis Club in a bid to get more young people interested in the sport. It's all part of a festival that local schools and teachers will be going along to. But that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.